translator. I didn't come out here to see corpses hanging on hooks. It goes without saying that you're going to encounter the unexpected. Not corpses on hooks. Have you ever considered that you might be happier back at the university? Teaching. I did it for years. It was uh, quite rewarding. I'm an exo-linguist. I graduated second in my class. I spent three years in Starfleet training. I was Jonathan Archer's first choice for this mission. Every inhabited world we come to is going to be filled with language. Some will have hundreds of them. He needs me here. Welcome to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. I am one of your hosts, Johnson Lee, and with me is Mike Thurlow. Mike, how are you doing today? I am doing all right. It's uh, hump day, Wednesday. Yeah. We both survived it. We both survived. I mean, there yeah. were some uh, tough parts <laughs> today, were... <laughs> to, to say the least. But we both made it. I mean, yeah. there are, the, most of our, our banter over Slack today was just about trying to get through the day. So yes, yes, yes. Uh, and if it were warmer out, I would have said, "Let's postpone this. Let's go get a sangria at Empanada Mama's." And uh, I haven't been outside since Saturday. Yeah, you yes, went I went out Saturday. Wait, no, I went on Sunday. Yes. Oh, I, I did. I did go a week without going outside because I went out this past Saturday and the last time I went out before that was the previous Saturday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I, you missed some good, beautiful days, though. You need to get outside and get some vitamin D in your skin. Some air, take, different I take, air. I take Centrum. I'm multivitamin. I'm good. It has vitamin D. <laughs> Maybe not enough. I mean, I think it's enough. It, it says 100%. So I don't know what you want from me. 100% okay. of my vitamin D. I got it. I, I don't wait. What's that? Um, does, is it is it shingles? Is it, is it shingles when you when or scurvy? <laughs> no, scurvy is vitamin C. Lack of vitamin C. I think shingles is if you don't have enough vitamin D, like your oh. curve or something. That's not shingles. Shingles is like oh no, shingles uh, is shingles is like shingles uh, like uh, uh, chicken pox thing. Chicken pox. Where's chicken pox? Rick 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 Rickets Rickets. Maybe rickets, maybe yes. rickets. Okay, perhaps. anyway, this is like my my bio degree crying in the basement of my <laughs> house. It's like, what what was this all this for? <laughs> Four years of biology. Really <laughs> shame. In any case, here we are. Here we are. We made it. Yes, we made it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what have you been up to? How has life been? Life's been fine. Uh, getting back into running, did a long run this past weekend of five miles. So that was good. We're going to shoot for six on Friday. I know. I was very impressed with um, how much you've been running. It's actually yeah. very commendable. Yeah, I'm trying to get back into it. I mean, definitely the body is uh, different a year later than it was when I ran a half marathon. So I need to uh, get that back. When is your goal of running a full marathon again? 
uh as two plus a little over two years yeah. so so my nice. hope is to run a 10k in the next two months like a race maybe even the next month if i find some, there is something in mid may a 10k but i have not signed up for it yet because we really haven't talked about our may schedule yet mm-hmm. um and then hope probably two half marathons this year god uh, your road trip still in the calendar like yeah it's still in the calendar it is trip um, across america yeah so dennis has like been a little cryptic about he has a new idea um or some new ideas and um but he wants me to formulate my own ideas for this trip and then we're going to have we have a meeting scheduled for either tomorrow night or friday night so a meeting we have a we have is it a zoom we (laughs) have no we're gonna sit down and like uh sit down and go through our our thoughts and plans and kind of think through what we both want to do so are there shared documents yet no there's no shared documents yet so it's like all in your brain well it's all in his brain you know he has a spreadsheet in his brain too so um but i i have not sat down i've done a little thought about it Mm -hmm. and i am gonna do some more i'm gonna sit down and like do this little meditation dream okay like thing and and again talk to your like animal guy maybe maybe i should um and this is my, this is the year of the vision ox. Quest. Vision quest. I'm going to do a vision quest with yes. my, my ox, um, my ox uh, spirit animal. I mean, Chakotay's advice would be to take some like medicinal herbs or something and, you know, yeah. I mean, hard plane. maybe I will drink a bottle of wine and do it. <laughs> you can do that too. Um, today, today is worthy of a, of a bottle of wine. I could, uh, yeah, I could have used a drink. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think either yeah. either one of neither one of us are really like we're not big drinkers. We're no. not big drinkers. No. Yeah, I'm definitely no. not. I mean, like it gives me acid reflux, so I'm not like a huge drinker. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Does it give you uh, flush as well? No, I actually don't have much of a reaction. It's more oh, like okay. I don't feel like my stomach is like usually not pleased after. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, well, so yeah, so uh, planning that this many week. things look forward to your, yes. your uh, cardio activities, your yeah, trip yes. across America, um, etc. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I'm actually getting a little more. So, I mean, we we need to talk about this offline, but you know, there is uh, the 55 year mission in Las Vegas, right? This summer, and uh, we're, we do you have enough PTO right? days? I mean, I'm no, I, I mean, I'm going to use some all on my vacation and then, um, then, uh, yeah, but I, I think I'll have enough because I'm obviously I've earned, you know, haven't taken any really this year. So it's sort of like there's banked hours in I there. See. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I think I'll be, I think I'll be fine. Cool. But um, I haven't even looked at the dates for Las Vegas yet. I have, I have no idea. I have no idea. So um, it's definitely happening, that. right? It does sound like it's definitely happening. Uh, yeah. So we need to talk about that. And then, uh, you know, we have Chicago in a year. 
which I'm, which I I have two minds of, I, you know, it might be fun to drive out to Chicago and rather than fly out, uh, if we still have a car and at that point or, um, yeah, so we'll kind of see. That sounds good. I I'm excited. Um, but I'm also kind of like, oh my God, flying, you know? Yeah. I'm so still a little nervous. Yeah. I mean, today I'm, I'm outside of the 14 day window now I am fully vaccinated. Uh, so, but I still, am, you know, still a little, uh, weary of airplane travel. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely immune because I had it and I have it for a shot. I'm fine. Right. But I'm still, it's just like psychologically, I'm like flying. Yeah. Being in a enclosed compartment with other people of various states of who knows, you know, you don't know know if they're vaccinated, they're not vaccinated. Yeah. Who knows? Whether they're asymptomatic carriers, all this stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of, I agree. Variables. So we cannot control. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Exactly. Well, something to potentially look forward to slash worry about, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. So why don't we start with what we've been Star Trekking this week? So Mike, I understand that you have started uh, Enterprise Renaissance. How is that going? It's funny you call it a renaissance. Well, I, you, you went through your Voyager renaissance. You know, I did, you, uh, yeah. I, you, know, you, uh, you know, started to go through that journey. You still need to yeah. revive DS9. That was something that yeah, you were yeah. inspired by, but never quite got back on the bandwagon just yet because now we have Enterprise. Right. And this year's the 20th anniversary of Enterprise. Um, so as, you know, as I said in the last episode, I wasn't that excited about watching yeah. Enterprise. You were like, you were basically like, this is suboptimal. I will do this because it's part of our series. I will, yeah, I will do it the was, homework. It was begrudgingly accepted as the next topic of our podcast. Yes, yes. And so um, so I decided to get back into it. And and I thought of, a, you know, I thought, you know, the the trilogy that we talked about for T'Pol was the forge and that's later in in season four yes yes. so i i kind of wanted to put myself in the place of where are the characters now so meaning now in their timeline yes Uh uh-huh um and i so i started with the season finale of season three the zindi arc coming to to a close and then and then world war ii and then yeah ran into world war ii and yeah, I just got kind of sucked in. And I think it was because, you know, these characters had matured. And, you know, I guess when I think of Enterprise, I often think of them in the early, early parts of their seasons when yeah. they're sort of just, just fledglings out in the universe. Uh, you know, I mean, one of the homework assignments was fight or flight i know episode two uh, so um which i just watched today uh and during my lunch mm-hmm. uh and you know that reminded me of having after so essentially what happened was i i started watching this season three finale 
I have basically almost made it through the entire season four. I have three episodes <laughs> left, and then well, the season finale. four was also truncated. It was like what twenty episodes or twenty two, like I think I want to say, well, but a little bit shorter than usual. A little bit shorter, but the arcs are really good. Uh, yeah, no, they're you great. Know, they, you know, they're they're three episode arcs or two episode arcs. Mm-hmm. They. Um, they're intergalactic in the sense that we're seeing races like the Tellarites and the, right. the Andorians and, and the Klingons. So we're kind of getting planetary, maybe. Maybe, yes. All right, fine. Whatever. I'm sorry. Again, just semantically. Intergalactic will be in between galaxies. Uh, all right. Intergala- right. Interplanetary. Okay. Yes. Yes. Continue. To, co- to continue, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, okay, so you know one thing that bothers me about Star Trek sometimes they make these statements like we've the whole universe has never seen something like this I'm like really the whole universe how would you fucking know like you know things <laughs> like that sometimes statements like that like I'm like all right so you speak for everyone the entire like universe or the entire galaxy like I things like that bother me yeah you, you're you don't like absolute statements no yeah Absolutely which makes not. sense yeah yeah no yeah, Especially I think it's, it's just easy. Specific, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just easy to make, you know, humans make generalizations and broad generalizations at that. So sort of in our nature. But yes, I, I can see where it's that... all scientists talking, you know, like, yeah. That, and they yeah. and all like all oh, this phenomenon no one's ever seen before in the entire galaxy. I'm like, really? <laughs> Tell me more, bitch. All right, continue. <laughs> So I'm I'm really enjoying this interplanetary. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Interplanetary drama of you know the found. This is really you really do get a sense of the founding of the Federation, and you you see that teased at the beginning of the season because you know, um, gosh, what's his name? Roberts Richards. What is the 30th century guy that comes to? gets involved what is his name daniels daniels thank you way 31st off century. way off 31st century thank god yes. oh my god so, so like it was like please just let's close this temporal like w- cold war arc and just put it behind us so we can move on with our lives yeah mess i still uh, did i still i watched all these episodes and i still did not understand like what happened but whatever well, I mean, the timeline reset itself. So no, I understand. Go. But the whole temporal Cold War, it just what was like, what was it? You know, like uh, fundamentally, I had, it, I had a hard time kind of comprehending it. And then the shadow guy, they never reveal who he was, but they didn't know who he was. They, was, they just didn't plan it well. They, you know, they had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, back then it was episodic TV, right? It was just like, yeah, oh, let's create t- this thing and then throw in the serialized element, at least think it through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't the style back then, though. So anyway, this, this, but this season, I really like the intergalactic, sorry, interplanetary. Thank you. The interplanetary drama and also kind of the founding of the Federation that you like the Jonathan Archer bringing together all of these core world so you kind of see it being pulled together and I, I enjoyed that so I've just been kind of like continually like letting it continue to play because it's just been that good and I, I haven't skipped anything I am going to skip in in a mirror darkly because I just watched that 
uh, when we were talking back when we were talking about the mirror universe uh, back in discovery season three. So I'm going to skip that. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I really only have three episodes and then the finale left to watch. And um, I'm I'm sure I'm going to be sad. And, but because I think it's, it's really great to see this, you know, we talk about how, discovery kind of brought us back to the beginning of star trek like pre kirk and all of that stuff but in reality enterprise did Mm -hmm. that and the founding of the federation i think is really interesting and how jonathan archer if you really watch season four you get an idea of how 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 um how uh, not powerful influential uh, Jonathan Archer is and in, in making this all happen. So um, yeah, no, I which, think that Enterprise really hit its stride in season four um, when yeah. Manny Cotto took over, and I think that it kind of brought to life this pre-TOS era, like because then they played more into the sandbox. Because I think the problem with season one is that they tried to really create their they they try to make their own mark on the Star Trek mythology and but because of that they introduced this like temporal cold war thing it got so complicated some of the things were cool like you know like the implications of it being the first warp 5 ship there are definitely some interesting things about that but they they didn't play enough in my mind in this bigger sandbox that they really played in season 4 which is like Let's tease all these things that like people really want to hear and know, you know, um, because I think they were probably a little bit gun shy to do that. But that's what I think the fans wanted. It's like, show us what, you know, the early days of the Federation looked like. You know, don't just show us the shit going about its way, just, you know, Exploring random, random things week to week, you know? Yeah. Um, tease all the stuff that's, that we're going to see later on in Trek. Um, and that's really what Manicato tried to do when he took over a showrunner. I thought he did a great job. So it's a shame that yeah. season four was the last season because I think that's really when it kind of fulfilled its promise as a prequel TOS. But by that time, you know, the ratings had dropped to the point where it wasn't, it couldn't really recover, which is too bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. And uh, yeah, I'm glad, you know, I, I didn't really... I'm glad I didn't, I mean, I went back and watched one of the, the other episode that you, you gave me homework for twilight mm-hmm. and season three and the Zindi war arc. Um, but I really, I'm glad I didn't really have to watch that whole arc, that whole season no, kind of go it, through that. It was like, it had its moments, but sometimes it just became like a week to week random thing. And yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I enjoyed these mini arcs that many Akato came up with and mm-hmm. I enjoy, you know, I, I honestly think that, you know, as much as we're DS nine fans, I actually think that um, Shran is probably one of my favorite characters that uh, Jeffrey Combs played more I mean, so he had a lot than- to do. Yeah, but yeah. more so than Wayun from D- DS9. DS9 yeah. is our favorite. I, you know, yes, you get to see see uh, Jeffrey Combs in that, but um, in that role. But I think that his like, if 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 I were to highlight something that Jeffrey Combs did the best, would be this Shran. Well, it was more of a character. I mean, Wayun is almost like a caricature because he's just like this character he's a clone. that's cloned, yeah, yeah, yeah. cloned and cloned again. 
while Ashran yeah. kind of had like a whole backstory yep. and he developed this friendship with Jonathan Archer over years, you know, so he just had more to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I also think that Andorians are very interesting as a race, you know, so and, you know, I just watched uh, last night or the night before the Anar, mm -hmm. the Enar, sorry, the Enar. Uh, that was interesting. Uh, so yeah, it just, uh, I'm really enjoying my little enterprise renaissance. And, oh, and renaissance. Probably after this, I'll go back and finish uh, doing some Voyager uh, rewatch. And I also find that, you know, so obviously we're not talking about off topic this week, but I just want to dip into something really quick. Not about a specific thing, but I like watching old episodes of Trek because you can kind of just relax and you know even though i didn't i didn't remember all the things that happened in in the season of enterprise so it was like a little bit of an excitement like oh how are they going to get out of this what's going to happen especially when the romulan arc came into play like that whole piece i was like oh I, I you know i vaguely it's been remember a while this. i guess yeah so but i i like the comfort i think that older trek brings comfort like it's kind of, like it's something that we go back to well like you're you're back watching tng so, yes yes you know so you know i think that there's just something versus going in and trying to trying out a new series or jumping into you know a series again that's got a slightly different tone you know yeah. i still haven't jumped into for all mankind season two yet oh my god it's so good it's really um, good and, i know we're talking a little about bit some, like yeah sometimes you're just not in the mood to like watch a new show new. episode because yeah. you really need to pay attention like for you all just, mankind there's usually a lot happening yeah or it's like you're just for, or or um falcon and we soldier exactly like, yeah which is great but it's also like sometimes i'm like oh my god who's gonna die this this episode is something gonna happen it's gonna be stressful <laughs> yeah there's <laughs> a little bit of yeah there's a little bit of stress in watching a new show something that you don't know where it's going which can be exciting in the right situation if you're in the right frame of mind to oh, yeah. watch that yeah but you know i'm enjoying just kind of sitting back and enjoying some some mm -hmm. old star trek and yes yes um so yeah so uh, you know and i actually think i'm enjoying this more now than i did the first time i watched it you know i think yeah. i think yeah. after seeing discovery kind of do some vulcan things slash navarre things with it um, I think that it's interesting that, you know, going back and seeing pre-Federation Vulcans mm -hmm. go through this whole Surak uh, rejuvenation. Mm -hmm. um, so, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that and when we get into it, but sure. yeah. So um, yeah, I'm enjoying Enterprise and I uh, will probably go back and finish Voyager and then then I think it's time to um, go back and watch DS9. DS9. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think that sounds like a plan. For me, yeah. So I'm like, now I'm starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel with my TNG rewatch. Mm. Um, and I shouldn't say that. I mean, there are still a few good episodes. I started watching Descent, which is, in my opinion, not actually the, one of the better two-parters. I, 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 didn't, I didn't love it the first time, and I'm not loving it this time. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know what about. what I need to kind of think about why it's not that good. I don't know if this is like mixing the board with lore. It's only just about this doesn't work that well, in my opinion. 
Um, like, I think Times Arrow is a better two-parter than Descent for some reason. I don't know. At least that's my opinion. I did, however, rewatch All Good Things because I was just kind of in the mood. I was like, oh, I'm starting to run short on like episodes to watch between season three and season seven. It's like, what now? And I was also kind of inspired by uh, the Picard trailer because I was like, oh, you know, let's watch this, see where we left things off. Um, and that was great. That last scene, I know we talked about last time, that last scene still gets me every time. I'm like, oh, yep. he, could, he, he, was, he was always welcome. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, right. Um, so something about that uh, epilogue always gets me. I'm just like, oh, you know. Um, so... Anyway, yeah, so actually speaking of Picard, the other thing that I, that I started talking about right before we started recording is that Akiva Goldsman uh, was interviewed and he, he mostly was talking about Strange New Worlds and how he was talking about, I don't think there's anything new. He's talking about like the episodic nature that they're going to approach it, but doing like character arcs. All right, yes, yes, we've heard all this before. But that being said, he was when he was interviewed, he was also asked about Picard season two and he was basically asked, hey, like, you know, what from season one, in terms of learnings, would you apply to season two? And he was just like, figure out the ending before you start filming. And I was like, excuse me? I was like, I was, I was indignant. Because I was just like, if you're going to have a 10 episode serialized arc, should you not figure out the ending before you start to film like the first scene of episode one? So that made me just I mean, at the same time, I didn't love season one. So I'm not surprised that they were trying to figure things out along the way. But this isn't, this isn't like Lost. I know you never watched Lost. But no, Lost I was like... I, no, I watched Lost. Oh, you did watch Lost? Yeah, oh, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. you didn't watch Lost. Okay. No, no, no. Lost no. was... It, had, it was problematic. Because they had no idea where they were going. Like, what, six seasons? I don't, five, six seasons. They had no idea where they're going. They were just laying on mystery upon mystery. And they were like, at the end of the day, they were just like, you know what? We don't have any answers, so there you are. Um, but if you're going to have these, like, 10-episode arcs, you can figure it out. Like, come on. So I was, like, incredulous. And I was just, I, that was an eye roll for me. And I was like, okay, well, let's see if this season, um, you know, is better. At least for me. I know you love season one, but season one was... I did, you know, but I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they had a thought of where it was going and as they got there or got closer to there, um, they realized that they didn't know exactly how they were going to wrap it up. I mean, but there also, were moments in season one where I was like, this is like meandering a little bit. Like, you know, um, and I yeah. feel that if you want like good tight storytelling, you should plan it out. You should storyboard the season and just kind of be like, all right, these are the major things we want to hit along the way. This is where we'll get to. Um, I vaguely remember there being though this idea that they, um, something got extended. Like something, I, either it was in a interview with uh, Han, Hannah, not Hannah, Hanel, um, the, the, she's the director of the first two episodes. Uh, I don't um, know. I can't I can't think of her name but uh I think she said that in like in that uh in the ready room I think she said that there were you know some some things had to carry over like we didn't get to that and it kind of pushed it out so I think that things things didn't play out quite like they planned to like certain scenes 
that maybe her episodes one and two didn't get finished and that got pushed into episode three and then that pushed mm-hmm. it out and like all of these things. So I think, yeah, there, you know, I remember hearing that. So I think that maybe it wasn't kind of fully fleshed out, um, but also they may have had too much, too much um, information in, you know, too much planned. Yeah, maybe they try uh, to like who knows too much. Yeah, I so. think that's yeah. I would believe that because a lot of things, and again, will make complaints. Is I feel a lot of the things I threw into season one were like half baked. It didn't. It didn't kind of live up to the potential, um, and maybe that's why. So, anyway, yeah, here's hoping yeah. that season two that I love it. I want to love it. Um, but well, we won't we won't find out until 2022. So yeah, I might be dead by then. Who knows? <laughs> you never know. Well, we've got I, you know I'm, there's been some talk that you know we may see like who knows about Prodigy where that'll fit in whether that'll slot in before Lower Decks and then go into Lower Decks and then go into Discovery and then go into Picard. So we might see a real good run of Trek later this year, well yeah, into 2022. Nice. So. Um, and then somewhere on the other end of Picard, or maybe, you know, Strange New Worlds comes up before Picard. Who knows? Who yeah. the fuck knows? Not yeah. Me, so. so it's hard to say, but uh, yeah. So, well, I think that covers what oh, did we Star Trek? We, yes. yes. So we went off we into get... a lot of tangents. A lot. Well, last week was worse. Last week, we were all over the place. Whatever. This week, we're going to be focused. We're, we're gonna, we know what we're going to talk about. So why don't we get into our Women of Enterprise discussion? Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. Centuries ago, a set of Katrick arcs were discovered at the Pasham Monastery. Katrick arcs? Polycrystalline vessels, allegedly used by ancient Vulcans to preserve Katras. They were scanned, analyzed, One of the scientists even attempted to meld with them. They found nothing to indicate the presence of a Katra. The Vulcan Science Academy was just as skeptical about time travel. Do you really believe you possess the living spirit of Sirach inside you? A man who died 1800 years ago. Now when you put it like that. So, cool. So why don't we start our women of enterprise discussion with Hoshi Sato, Asian representation on enterprise. Yes. So, you know, so th- one of my, um, one of my assignments was to give you an assignment to figure out what episode singular or multiple um, to watch when it comes to Hoshi um, and what would most well represent this character. And I have to be totally honest, this was a struggle bus. It was hard. I was like, I remember there was like a, the Azindi arc episode where she was like on this planet with this like telepath and, she, and he was like hitting on her. I was like, that's not a good episode. And then I was like, well, in a mirror darkly, she had something to do because, you know, she became Empress Sato or whatever. Yeah. But I was like, but that's a mirror version of her. And I was like, what 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 is a good Hoshi episode? There was um, there was the one with the Organians Organians is how you say it, um, yeah. in season four where she and Trip got really sick, 
um, and the Organians. Um, observer, the observer effect. Observers, the observers. You the know what? That is the one episode I skipped in it's season fine. four. It was fine. It was basically just the throwback was the Organians. Oh, um, uh, okay. But she she spent most of the episode sick and dying. So I was like, oh, that's not. The, but I only thought about the episode because there was a little bit of backstory about her. But I was just like, oh, that's not a really good episode. There really wasn't anything. The only thing that I could think of is Fight or Flight, which is season one, literally episode two. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what? Out of all the episodes that kind of feature her, this probably this probably is the episode that best encapsul- encapsulates her as a character, for better or for worse. Um, and basically this episode, from memory, I'm not even looking at memory alpha, they come across a, a, a ship, everyone's dead, and they're being like drained, drained. of some sort of yep. chemical. Um, yeah. They're like, what's going on? They're like investigating. Hoshi's like freaking out. Like she, cause they enter the ship. She's on the away team. She and they enter the ship and she freaks out. Cause there's like a room full of like, just like dead or dying aliens. And she's yeah, like, they're all dead. Yeah. They're all dead. She freaks out. She screams. Like out. A- she's screaming. She's screaming. Yeah. Um, but then later on, basically the, the people who attacked the aliens who attacked that ship that they found, the derelict ship that they found, comes back, and it's up to Hoshi and her linguistic skills to get another ship to help them. And yes. she's put on the spot, and she's able to come out of her shock and daze, and she's able to basically save Enterprise. So, yeah, I thought that this was a good episode for her, actually, because you know, it kind of shows that she's how green she is. She's like, you know, she basically is not really like an officer. Um, she's just, you know, she was basically recruited by Jonathan Archer to help, um, you know, serve as a communication officer on the Enterprise. And she was kind of just thrown into it. She doesn't like space. Um, and she was kind of put to the test. But yeah, this was like, unfortunately, one of the few episodes that really, I think, did highlight her as a character. But I don't know what you thought about this episode and what you think of Hoshi Sato slash Linda Park <laughs> um, as a character slash actress. Yeah, I mean, it does. It, you're right. It does highlight a lot of great character traits of Hoshi early in the series. She didn't want to be there. She, you know, she really is a teacher uh she is forced to translate under the gun and she does it well she you know but that that was a tense scene at the end where she's relying on the computer instead of herself to do it and like everyone basically has to say please talk to them as yourself you know please do it where you we've got nothing to lose uh so you know i think it, it does give her something to do it does kind of fill in her character a little bit it definitely gives us the theme of season one really was a green group of explorers going yeah, out into yeah. the universe uh, i mean after all of season all, almost all of season four that i've watched a season three episode or two the finale and then in the episode that you gave me twilight you know, going backwards and seeing how green they were. Mm -hmm. This is, and when I thought of Enterprise before my renaissance per se, this is the crew that I remember. And this, this to me is, you know, it's interesting in the sense that this is sort of where we think Star Trek began and obviously the Enterprise began, but um, it's, 
it's, you know, not that exciting. You know, it's kind of, you know, you, ex you, you kind of see earth explorers in the early days and it's, you know, yeah, there's drama, there's drama, there's, you know, some stuff going on, but it's just boring. I mean, really, you know, that's why I'm really enjoying season four because it gets it's complicated. It gets interplanetary. It, Thank you. You know, there are uh, aliens that they have made relationships with this stuff, this early beginnings, like, honestly, you know, why didn't we, you know, why wasn't one of the first places we went and or, you know, and or in the first season? Why didn't we go? You know, we did go to the Klingon home world. Yes, I understand that in the in the premiere. Yes. But, you know, beyond that, like, why didn't we go to Teller, Teller, you know, or yeah, the Tellerites are from Teller, I would guess. Um, why didn't we go and like meet these other races and, and kind of start to form relationships with them? Also, the, the big thing about this, too, is you get the idea that the, the Enterprise really isn't tested very well. The weapons don't work and they're not that powerful. Until I know. The very it's end. like they're so weak. Everything's weak. There's no, sh yeah. there are no shields. They have like hull plating. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, there's just a lot of, you know, beginning things and-, and um, Like, charge the whole plating. I'm like, all right. And actually, there's a comment in there. Uh, I forget if um, if he says it directly to Paul or within Paul's earshot, but he, he does mention how they've been held back for 100 years by the Vulcans. And, I, yes. and I'm actually thinking, sitting there thinking as I'm watching this, I'm like, yeah, this is the reason why. You know, we don't have the technology yet. We don't, you know, we are, are idiots to some extent because of our curiosity. Uh, yeah, there are, we're a small fish in a very big pond and you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. And you have torpedoes that barely, that don't even I, dent the, the, the ship until the end. I know. And even then I don't even understand how, what changed between the first two torpedoes we threw at this alien Versus the third one. Because so, the other alien ship was helping. Okay. I mean, no. That's the only reason why. Yeah. Oh, Otherwise, okay. their torpedoes, like, did nothing. Okay. Because yeah. the other ship had shields. So Yeah. So, is it, is you know, problem? just, a, but getting back to Linda Park and, and Hoshi, you know, I think that I understand why they brought her on. Again. Asian I, representation. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to have a diverse crew and it's. You know, it's not very diverse, but and also just as a side note, as I'm watching this, as I've watched this much enterprise over the last week, uh, poor Travis Mayweather, too. Oh, like, my God. Poor Travis Mayweather. He had even less to do. He did really, you know, and, and he he's had like actually one episode about because he grew up on like cargo ships or whatever. Yeah, so he, he grew up on a cargo ship. Like, yeah. He, he was so, like visited his cargo ship. I was like, this is so boring. Yeah, I mean, you know, so I feel bad because he, every shot of Travis Mayweather is looking at the helm console, yeah, like pressing buttons and doing whatever the commanding officer, whether it's Archer or T'Pol or Trip, telling him. He to is do. occasionally eye candy though, because he he has a nice body, so occasionally yeah, does, they yeah. like give him like a shot where they, he shows off his arms or something like that. But that's the extent. Poor That's Travis Mayweather. Yeah, he had yeah. Two, so these two, these two minor characters, or these two, you know, major characters that are minor characters, um, that turn out to be minor characters anyway. Uh, unfortunately, just did not really get fleshed out. Um, so you know, especially since you know Malcolm Reed does get fleshed out a little bit more, 
and you know i just finished mm-hmm. watching these section 31 kind of little yes. bit uh which was was which was good but again you know not a lot for travis and, and hoshi and you know i i'm not sure what you know again this is where they didn't really think it out like how you know how to grow these minor care these other main cast members how to grow their characters and, kind and of it's not this. like the cast is massive you know it's like it's seven so it's smaller yeah seven people Sm- yeah seven eight like, people they could have done more yeah <laughs> I just, it's hard to understand why it was so difficult especially again these are 25 26 episode seasons yeah whatever they, yeah they, so they have the time and the luxury to explore these characters and it's it's really important. I really wish they did more. And it just so happened that it's the two minorities. Like, you know, it's the right. It's the Which two minorities looking back at, a, at it now is a bad. That's bad. Yeah, that's bad. So bad. Yeah. So I get it, you know. Um, and yeah. I think Park's actually a good actress. It's just that they didn't give her much to do. You know, it's not her fault. Yeah. No, they didn't. They really didn't. And uh, that's unfortunate, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I have nothing else to even say. I have nothing to add about Hochi Sato. She she knows languages. Um, yeah, and she you know jumping ahead Japanese. to Twilight. You know, jumping ahead to Twilight really quickly. Like in that whole alternate universe thing, she was just a lieutenant. Again, you know, you know, everyone else had command of their own ship, but she was just a lieutenant. I was like, I when Jonathan meets her again. Mm-hmm. as he comes on the enterprise uh i was kind of expecting like oh i'm the first officer or you know something a little bit bigger and i'm like no nope, well, they had like it. only like two ships in twilight so it's not yeah like but not even you know at that point she was one of the more experienced officers after and why is why of everyone why isn't she down on the planet like teaching languages to the six thousand sur- human survivors she's still up on the ship which i think is interesting in and of itself so yeah she's not doing anything is uh, yeah i don't know yeah so i mean it's uh you know it's unfortunate i you know i think her her and travis did deserve better and you know i I just you know honestly if we're gonna lay blame you know i think it's at the at the foot of uh rick berman really you know um not really kind of you know, this is this is really why I think we we got Star Trek fatigue back in this you know the early two thousands, um, and why this series ended was because it was just so rote, so standardized, yeah. so unimaginative. Although you know, man, we just said you know as you said, Manny Cotto did bring a lot of imagination and a lot of great arcs to uh, to season four, but uh, like you said it was it was too late at that point yeah yeah so So, um yeah you know it's and it's it's hard to watch that actually it's hard to see these minority characters 20 years ago being treated like this and and yeah they're so sidelined i don't think it was necessarily like intentional but i would say it's but they were also they also weren't intentional about giving them more to do like even if it wasn't intentional like that they were getting sidelined, they also didn't make the effort they should have to give them more. Right. Yeah, totally. Both ways. Yeah. Either way. But I lay that at the feet of Rick Berman, who is executive producer, you know, um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, well. 
So there's Hoshi Sato. So why don't we move on to our other female character of Enterprise, to Paul, who definitely had more to do, for sure. Definitely had more to do. Uh, you know, the Forge is a uh, well. All all of all throughout this season four, she had a lot more to do. Although I've been paying attention to kind of not a lot of facial features. You know, not a lot of like demeanor changes like you you kind of have to imagine some of the internal stuff that's going on mm-hmm. into Paul and uh, you see very small glimmers of her development I think Twilight is a better highlight of how she's sort of changed and she's she had fallen according to flocks anyway fallen in love with Jonathan mm-hmm. uh, in that kind of alternate reality universe where he saved her uh, but you know, definitely a lot of drama around her, her family. Yes. Having to get married to save her mom. Yes. yes. Uh, well, she also this... had like illnesses. I don't know if you, I don't know if you recall, she got like, um, she got a forced mind melt, which made her sick. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I vaguely remember that. What was the but She was like, so the Enterprise met up with this group of Vulcans that were kind of break, they had broken away. And they uh, oh, melt yeah. like that's you know so the early enterprise mythology pre discovery of the Kashara is that Vulcan mind melding is taboo. So you have this ship. They find a ship of Vulcans who have broken away and they embrace emotions. They embrace mind melding. And the Paul's really interested in in this crew. Like you know she was like. She part of her scientific curiosity is like, oh, you know, I've never come across a group of Vulcans like this. Um, and she gets close to one and he forces forces himself on her through a meld. Um, but because he's inexperienced in mind melding or initiate mind melt, it causes neurological damage. Which oh, okay. ca- and it causes her to basically um like she, she has like, she loses control of her emotions and like she has some issues. And then in season three, during the Zinni arc, she becomes addicted to trillium D or something. Does this sound familiar? Like some this sort of- This does sound familiar, yeah. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Familiar. Like she literally develops a drug addiction um, and this causes further neurological damage and causes her emotional boundaries to erode. So you see her having all these like reactions. Like she, she's much more, especially in season three, she, she doesn't have as much control over her emotions. She, she's crying. She, you know, there are these things that happen. Um, and then they resolve it in, they don't resolve it, but in the um, Vulcan arc, starting with the Forge and Kachara, she, she gets a mind melt from someone that cures, of her, cures her of like that disease that she got in, back in season two. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. One of the one of the characters she meets is more is knows how to meld correctly. So she, well, it's actually the one who's I believe it's the one who's carrying Sirak's Katra. Um, no, it, it is the female Vulcan name I forget. Tapal, 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 and she fixes Tapal. Ah, uh, okay. All right. You yep. can't even recall. Um, yeah. but anyway, she yes, she goes through this whole like. She has like all these physical issues, um, but she is actually less restrained emotionally than your standard your standard Vulcan, which mm-hmm. makes her more like Spock, I guess. And she's also the science officer on the Enterprise. I don't know. There's too many. 
you know, recycled ideas. There, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But she does, I do like her development as a character because she comes to appreciate humans. She comes to forge this strong relationship with Jonathan Archer and Trip. Um, there are a lot of things like that that you can see, especially if you start in season one, you see that evolution of her character mm -hmm. and her sympathy towards humanity which I thought was interesting. Yeah, you, you get that, you get to see that in season four. I think that, um, I think that all of this drawn, there's not enough, you have to put, you have to piece a lot, a lot of things together about T'Pol. And even as Trip is leaving the Enterprise to go work on Columbia, because he's so ridiculously in love with her right. and yeah, she, major crush on you her. still yeah. get the you still get the feeling like she is completely clueless about this and uh that's a little frustrating to kind of see like they're they you know after all they had been through and and everything although trip never really confessed his feelings to her uh you know it's it's she's kind of clueless about this part of aspect of her of her life but um you know, I, I just, it's, and, and I think there's more to come in the last couple of episodes about, I don't know, the description of Netflix talks about Trip and her having a, a child or something. Um, so I'm going to yeah, get there. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I, I may not, well, obviously saw her in Twilight, and not Twilight in uh, fight or flight, and she's very like very Vulcan, like yeah. almost like at, uh, Ambassador Saval Vulcan. Like mm -hmm. you don't like she's basically the the speaker of every idea that Saval had. Um, which I actually I actually never really liked Saval until the Forge towards the end, where he kind of he realizes right. what's going on. Yes. And um, because he becomes breaks, more sympathetic because protocol. up to that point, he's a total jerk. Like he's a total jerk. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. up to that point, he gets his the sympathetic side where he appreciates even his appreciation of humanity. You know, like it's like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He becomes he becomes a little bit less rigid. And so, it, yeah, it's uh, but for Japal, I think that that's where she started was like kind of a clone of him like a follower of his and, and then developed her own experience with humans that allowed her to grow. But then this whole thing, this whole romance with the Paul, this, or with the with trip, trip, you know, yeah. it's just, yeah, it never really, it never, I don't know so far it hasn't. I mean, I've still got a few more episodes to go, but it's never real. you know, it drives him away, you know, yeah. because he, he, he can't, uh, he can't, come to terms with or he i don't know that i i still don't get what is holding trip back from just telling her and like having it out like he's such I a jerk that, to her when he leaves I thought, to... he, I thought that he did and then she basically said that she doesn't share those same feelings does that, did I make that up i, I don't know. know i i think the the whole they had idea a conversation of kind of I'm, yeah i thought they had a conversation but i don't, I don't remember if I if they did, I, I must have missed the the innuendo in it because I don't think they would have outright said it. But um, but obviously she also she also had this whole idea of costs on her mind, and I think that that's still yes, that complicated. Even when he the fact that she was married, yeah. But then yeah. she wasn't married, and you know after that she didn't really 
she didn't actively pursue trip or, or anything like that. So, you know, I don't know. It's, it's very, it's, yes, it's uh, very, you can it's, it's see the drama. Yeah. It's a lot of drama, but it's, it feels like it's mostly on Tripp's side because it to Paul plays it off as being almost clueless about having any feelings for, for trip. And um, when Hoshi says, starts, you know, she doesn't really, she doesn't even open up to Hoshi, which I kind of understand as first officer, you wouldn't op- open yourself up to an ensign, you know, but, you know, when she mind melds with Hoshi to help her, Hoshi has this residual effect of, um, of having this dream about T'Pol and Trip. And yes, I remember but she's in, she's, she's actually into Paul's body. So she thinks it's her and not that it's to Paul. And, you know, so there's, you know, there's a psycho. Yeah. Sometimes there's a psychological carryover or whatever, but yeah, you know, it's just kind of, there's a lot unsaid with to Paul. And I, you know, I think I'm, you know, as we get to the end of this series, you know, I, I feel like there's probably, you know, I think if, if Manny Cotto had been given a fifth season, I think we could have seen some real growth onto Paul's part. Uh, as far as like starting to have those conversations and maybe starting to be a little more, not that this is, you know, this may seem like a slur, but a little bit more human and, and being a little bit more talkative with her feelings and what's going on with her. But um, I'm yeah, there's a little bit of that. CBD. I don't think she ever reaches that. Mm. I would say like that kind of like frankness and honestly, honesty and maybe, like camaraderie that Spock develops with Kirk. You know, I don't think they ever reached that yeah. level, unfortunately. Um, yeah. You know, I think that if Enterprise kept on going, like maybe, but, you know, like, um, yeah, she... she yeah, it, it would be interesting to see what a fifth season would have brought. Yeah. Yeah. But... but no, I think overall to Paul, they, they did focus... I mean, basically, she's... Her trip and... Jonathan Archer are like the three mains, you know, like, so they, yeah. they definitely gave her a lot to do. Um, she, I think that she was definitely enterprises kind of seven of nine, like, especially with the first episode broken bow, like they like, you know, she wore like the skin tight Vulcan suit all the time. And it was annoying. And then the one time she did have like in twilight where she's wearing a Starfleet uniform it's like mm-hmm. the most ill. I don't know if you noticed. It was the most ill-fitting. It was the most. No, ill-fitting. I noticed. Yes, absolutely. It was like bag. It was, it was like, oh, she's only going to wear it for one scene. Let's not even tailor it. And she's literally swimming in this thing. And I'm like, yeah, people, like tailor this. It's one scene, but it's her on the bridge. Come on. Yeah, um, exactly. I agree. I agree. It was, yeah, it was anyway. a little bit lazy on the part of yeah, Gersha, I, Gersha Phillips would never have let that slide. Was, I mean, they they were um, on budget. Um, but no, I think that, uh, yeah, like she, she had a lot of great moments throughout Enterprise. She was a scientist. She, you know, she, she was a logical one, obviously. So I think that she brought that scientific, logical flair um, to the opposite of Hoshi, who was like screaming and like panicking. She's like the calm yeah. one uh, that is able to approach situations um, with a lens of, practicality and experience so um yeah I, yeah, yeah even though they didn't listen to it a lot in the early they were you know there's I mean, very there's this very um, adversarial certainly in yes. fight or flight there's this very still adversarial relationship between 
Archer and her. Well, they didn't uh, know if they could trust her. And that was one thing that was cool, right. too. I mean, like, her her relationship with Jonathan Archer, because at first, yeah, like, they were like, oh, yeah. Totally, She's totally a spy for the Vulcans. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, they just didn't, they didn't want to confide in her. But eventually, you know, they, like, they learned to trust her and she learned to trust them. And I thought that that part was interesting that they got off on that kind of footing. But um, eventually you see Jonathan Archer really confide in her and um, trust her as his first officer, which I, I did like that evolution. And again, it doesn't get to a point where it's Spock and Kirk and they're like almost like buddy buddy um and you have this like Spock Kirk McCoy kind of um you know that kind of friendship they never get to that yeah but, they don't you know I think that's okay um they don't even get to that with Archer and Trip as Trip is t- tendering his resignation and wants to um um to leave he like there is this barrier even between him and, and archer that he doesn't want to talk about he doesn't want to talk about his feelings with I know. what would be most notably his best friend on this ship and, and uh you know it's, yeah he's a little uh, private about that yeah yeah i mean he he talked to malcolm reed about you know on the uh on the probe ship when they were on there by themselves talked to her talked to him about to paul more than than he did with Jonathan Archer. And I, I think that that's, uh, that's interesting. So th- there's some inconsistencies here that, you know, if you start paying attention to too much, and again, we're looking at a lens, you know, we're looking through a different lens 20 years later, right? Um, so it's, it, you know, it is, you know, I, I think that the, the actors, you know, Jolene Blaylock did a, did a great job with that. Yeah, no. Um, you know, she's very beautiful and has a great smile. And I think it would have, you know, obviously it's, you know, counterproductive to have a Vulcan yeah, smile, no. but, um, but, you know, I did, you know, I did appreciate her. I, I think they dressed her a little bit downplayed from seven of nine, but definitely had the cleavage going on. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, no, she never had the silver cat suit. Like that's yeah, it was a red cat suit instead. Uh, yeah, but- it was more at least like it wasn't shiny. It was like at least matte, which I was like, all right, I can like, I can buy this versus like some yeah, yeah, reflective yeah. suit. Yeah. yeah, you know, and 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 as we talked about Discovery's new uniforms in our first contact day thing, I'm thinking, you know, you know, after three years, it's too bad Manny Cotto didn't have a little bit more budget and couldn't update everyone's kind of uniforms because really the only difference between the Enterprise and the Columbia's uniforms was the patch, the patch on the yeah. side, yes. you know, that, uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a, um, yeah, it's an interesting kind of uh, dynamic, but uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I am kind of bummed that we didn't get another season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been interesting to see what Manny Cotto would, would have done with that for sure. Yeah. But, so, oh, well, too bad. Yeah. Anyway, so any, uh, I, and I and I never get into the I never well I never get into the follow up novels either for Enterprise. No. So I never you know same with Voyager. I never really got into the post Voyager finale um, novels either. So um, I mean, there are only a yeah. small handful for Enterprise. To be honest, it's not like again, it wasn't the most popular series. So it's not yeah. like it spawned all of these follow up novels like Voyager did. Yeah, exactly. I don't, and I don't think I don't think you had like a champion for 
enterprise novels like Voyager, you have Kristen Beyer, you know, she was like the Voyager right, yeah. novelist, you know, she was the one yeah. you went to for Voyager like fiction. So, and, and now and, she's running Picard, right. which is great. And, and enterprise has never had that champion, you know? Um, yeah. Like, they, bad Manny they never had like a Peter David. They never had like Peter David for yeah. TNG. Yeah. Things like that. So. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. No, it's too bad Manny Cotto wasn't um, more of a writer and could kind of contribute that and, and kind of carry on what he would have seen as his vision for future seasons. But yeah. Um, but here we are. But, so that's, at uh, least, you know, at least Paul had more to do um, than say, Beverly Crusher or Deanna Troy. <laughs> I don't know if those are good benchmarks. Um, and well, she definitely had more to do than Hoshi and, and um, she more did Hoshi or Travis Mayweather. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, so anyway, anything else go. about the poll? No, I don't have anything. Well, I think that about does it for our Enterprise Women of Track episode. I mean, is there anything else that you want to say about either Hoshi Sato or Tapol? No, I mean, I mean, those are the only two women of Enterprise, right? <laughs> There's like nobody someone? else. There's, There's no, no other. Else. We, we don't have like a even a tertiary character to talk about. Well, we do in season four. You get Hernandez, Captain Hernandez, which is oh, that's kinda... right. Oh, yeah. but and Captain Hernandez does have a big role in the Destiny novels. That was good. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yes, she does. She yeah. was like thrown back in time. Yeah. This whole yep. nonsense. Yeah. Or... Yep, I do remember that. Yeah, she did, and. um yeah, that yeah. was that was good as well. Uh, yes. Unfortunate what happened to her and her crew, but yes, yes. Uh, but was, yes, yeah, now. yes. Um, she survived though; she was fine. Yes, uh, yeah. But yeah, it was good to see her character. I think that that's uh, the only other major woman no. uh, in Enterprise. I mean, I think so. You know, thinking looking back at Enterprise now, it's it's. It's such a a mess to be honest. Yeah, it's it's an example of, I mean, in the in in this Me Too generation, you know, that we we're living in right now. I think it's crazy how uh, how this, like all the admirals and all of the Vulcans, with the exception of T'Pol, are all men, Mm -hmm. all played by white males. I mean, it's just I know it's kind of a. It's kind of an example of uh, like just uh, I don't even know how to describe. It. I want to say it's, it's just like lack but... of like foresight, like you know, and especially given how diverse Star Trek has tried to be in a very purposeful way, I think that they just you know forgot or something, and I, it just feels very cobbled together. It's like let's figure it out as we go along and like let's not really plan out anything and oh let's like oops let's not really give the minority minorities on the show anything good to do and everyone's white <laughs> i don't know yeah and the storylines I mean, are all over the place you know so yeah it's uh yeah definitely not a not a i mean the actors did a great job with what no they were given, yeah the actors are actually you know, yeah good, oh, this, good cast you know i i i still i i lay this at the at the feet of rick berman and you know, I, I'm happy that he's n- not part of the current Trek universe, which is good. Um, but I think it's also an example of how this this all male, all white male 
dominated system existed just 20 years ago and Mm -hmm. is very apparent in the tv show that we're you know a tv show that we both love yeah which is too bad so it's um but the cast was great you know um jonathan archer was a great character scott bakula did a great job with him i think i think like out of all the captains he's probably the most like kind of down-to-earth regular kind of guy like, you know, he's a guy that yep. you would, yeah, you would get lunch with, you know, and he's just like, he shoot the shit, you know? Uh, I do think that he did bring an air of that to the character that I really did like. Yeah. And you know what? I just had deja vu there because I believe you've said that exact same thing before. Yeah. Am I? Are you sure? Yeah. On yeah. the podcast? Well, I think that it, you said that in our early days of podcasts. I remember nothing. Along, I remember those exact words coming out of your mouth. You wow. Said, oh, my God. I'm just like a robot. I'm just like repeating my words. Well, I mean, obviously, it means a lot to you uh, that uh, you're not a robot. You're, you're, you know, when it comes to Jonathan Archer, you would have lunch with Jonathan Archer. Yeah. Yeah. But also Scott Bakula is just like a cool guy, you know, he's just yeah. like, he's, a, he's a great actor, you know, getting him to lead Star Trek was, was a, was a, probably a pretty good move uh, to kind of, I think they did that to boost it, mm-hmm. boost the ratings a little bit. Um, you know, it, it unfortunately didn't care, you know, carry the show beyond four seasons, unfortunately for a lot of different reasons, but um yeah, no, I think it's, uh, you know, the, the cast is great. And um, yeah, it's just unfortunate that more wasn't done with with the, the material. So, yeah, so that's our enterprise kind of, and I, you know, I'm, I'm sure next week I'll talk a little bit about my last few episodes of watching it, but uh, mm-hmm. and enjoying it. But I think we've covered it and, and you know, uh, you're fine. I think we can, yeah, yeah um, go um, on from here. But, uh, you know, I think we should take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Fansets. Fansets, yes, Fansets. Yes, Fansets. Uh, so, you know, they do have a few Hoshi and T'Pol pins that you can pick up. Uh, both Hoshi and T'Pol are part of the Women of Trek. Uh, T'Pol was in series so. one. Uh, yeah, I would too, you know, but uh, the. Uh, T'Pol was part of series one. Hoshi was part of series two. And uh, they do have micro crew pins for both of them, although they are completely different designs. So, they look so different. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they are T'Pol so different. Looks cartoony. Um, and Hoshi yep. um, looks, looks more like the something. more modern ones that we, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and T'Pol's one, it's more like season one ish. Uh, you know, the all black mm-hmm. and or slash gray charcoal, whatever it is. Um, fortunately, you know, her her woman of check pin is uh, the red cat suit that we were just talking about moments ago. So um, I actually like the so, yeah. red one that she, she, she that's funny. I do too. I really do like it a lot. Um, and they use that same color on her in Twilight. Uh, oh. You know, uh, I love her years later. Twilight. Like she has like this, like just ponytail. Which yeah, this ponytail. She's, um, you know, I, speaking of Twilight for a second, we really didn't talk a lot about Twilight. Uh, we didn't go too deep and even to the. We didn't go too deep into the Forge uh, drama that was her family, and also this whole belief that uh, she didn't. Um, she she was kind of like this 
old school Vulcan who didn't believe in mind melding, didn't believe in, mm-hmm. um, you know, couldn't believe that her mother was part of these um, outsiders. So, right, right. Um, but that's, you know, the, these outsiders were, are actually what we would consider our modern day Vulcans. Correct. Yeah. So it's interesting that, you know, you kind of see that. And um, well, that was interesting because I feel that was like Manny Cotto trying to steer the Vulcan mythology back to what we know, because that was a complaint from a lot of Enterprise fans. They were like, these Vulcans feel so different than the ones we know, especially, you know, why, why are they again smelting, you know? And then there was yeah. a lot of like that in, in season four, there was a lot of that course correcting. If you kind of noticed that. It's like from yeah, yeah. the mythology that they set up in the earlier seasons to the lore that we are more familiar with. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, I think you kind of see that in the first minister who, you know, from the outside looking in, like he's very emotional. Yes. You know, yeah. he's like yelling at it, at the council and like. But he was also like a Romulan spy. Like a Ramon. Oh, that's true. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's true. So, yeah. I don't know. Working. He was like a Romulan, Romulan, but he was like a operative of some sort. Yeah. He was an operative, someone who uh, mixed in with this unification or reunification, which I thought was like, wow, that's, um, that's kind of crazy that they brought that back. Yeah. Yeah. That far back. And that was just from obviously next generation's reunification, like that whole piece of it. So, and the one um, thing I really, really do like about now we're now if you're backtracking to talk about the the show, oh yeah, yes, we're all over the, the place. Those three yeah. episodes really did do a great job, kind of delving into the early days of the development of Vulcan, because you get these yeah. flashbacks to Sorak, and you go into a little bit of the mythology around the split between the Vulcans and Romulans. I thought that was interesting because we never really got that level of detail in the backstory. So I really did like that too because it kind of because on TNG, we've heard about that, you know, but we never really saw it. So I did really appreciate that trilogy and how it kind of delved into the background of how that all came down. Yeah, and the logic of Serac and, and you know, Katras and things like that that we saw in, you know, Star Trek Three. you know, uh, Spock's Katra, yeah. Katra, Katra. Katra. Uh, Katra. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, getting back to fan sets, that's where we started with this whole thing. Uh, you know, we thank them for being our sponsor. If you want to get some Tapal or Hoshi or other, they have a ton of great pins. Uh, if you put them all into your cart, you'll get 10% off if you enter the code DS Pride. Caps. All caps in your uh in there and you'll get 10 percent off and also if you're in the u.s you'll get 30 if you put 30 dollars worth of pins in your cart you'll get free shipping so we thank the the people at fansets for sponsoring the truck geeks podcast network and deep space pride thanks fansets yeah thank you cool. so so mike if people want to reach out to us and they want to be sharing their thoughts about Hoshi Sato or Japal or anything else enterprise related, how can they reach us? Sure. Well, uh, there are some couple, a couple of great ways. You can email us at deepspacepride at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram or Twitter 
at Deep Space Pride. And uh, we'll try to get back to you as soon as we can. Can they technically also like leave us like a voicemail or something? I think we have. I don't that. know if that's still. I, I I don't know if that's still happening over. It's still not. It's not functioning anymore on the site. I don't know. I'm not sure. I've not checked. Someone um, should try that and see if we get yeah. it. Because I don't. I don't know. It might just go. Into no, it'll call. probably just be better. Just email us or DM us. You don't need to. You know. Unless you you're can, very, you can, very you can adventurous. Send- well, you can send us a voice a message in an Instagram. So. Like an attachment? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can you can yeah, do I voice suppose. messages in Instagram. So I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, I think that wraps it up for this week. At uh, And we don't know yet what we're going to talk about next week, but we will find out. Now we've had our fans. Yes. <laughs> uh, it'll be episode 30, I think, right? This is 29. I think I believe you're correct. So we don't need 30. to celebrate every five episode increments. It's okay. I'm not. I just 30 is a big number. You know, you turn 30. You turn every 30. ten episodes is a big number. Like let's, every ten years is a big number. Let's talk about let's let's make 50 a bigger deal. And like, well, yeah, of course. Five, five episode increments. All right, whatever. Anyway, anyway. Yes, we'll have uh, we'll come up with something interesting and new to talk about. I'm sure. When is Project coming out again? <laughs> I'm just like waiting for like new <laughs> content. I please. Well, I mean, it's hard because you've literally watched all of the past Star Trek I understand. in the last year. So it, you know, you're you're actually more versed in what we can talk about than I. Uh, you know, I I I will pick the highlights, whereas you can kind of get into the minutia and uh, pick out episodes like Twilight and Fight or Flight. As, <laughs> Uh, yeah. as you know specific episodes so you do have that kind of advantage yeah um, that's true so i mean maybe we should go back and di- dip into the next generation well and pick out something to sub rosa about. oh my god you have to watch it again. <laughs> all right maybe we'll talk about sub rosa oh my god that'd be really funny all right well uh thanks for listening everybody yeah thanks everyone our three fans wherever you are <laughs> you know we'll, we'll see you uh we'll see you in vegas <laughs> we'll see you in vegas and or uh and or chicago, chicago. In the yeah all right no well, thanks everybody and we'll see you again next week there it is bye everyone Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Coconut!